This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Friday, March the 25th, and we're starting with news today that the Transport Secretary has accused the boss of P&O Ferries of breathtaking arrogance and thinks he should quit immediately. It's just over a week since sailings between Dover and Calais were suspended and 800 workers sacked without notice via a pre-recorded video message. Peter Hebblethwaite admitted to MPs yesterday that his company knowingly broke the law. Well, the replacement workers are to be paid as little as £5.15 an hour, something that's allowed under international maritime rules. This is what Grant Shapps has had to say today. I thought what the boss of uh, P&O said yesterday about knowingly breaking the law was brazen and breathtaking, showed incredible arrogance and I cannot believe uh, that he can stay uh, in that role, having uh, admitted to deliberately go out and use a loophole, uh, well, break the law, but also use a loophole. And, and that's the thing. What they did was they flagged their ships through Cyprus, avoided having to tell anybody about this, or they felt they did. Uh, and even though they know they've broken the law, what they've done is to uh, pay people off uh, in such a way uh, to try and buy their silence. It's unacceptable. So what I'm going to do about it is come to Parliament uh, this coming week with a uh, package of measures uh, which will both close every possible loophole uh, that exists uh, and force them to U-turn on this. We are not having people working from British ports on regular applying regular routes between here and France or here in Holland or else uh, and, and failing to pay the minimum wage. It's simply unacceptable and we will force that to change. What everyone says who looks at this, including the lawyers, um, is um, international maritime law combined with national laws are incre- is an incredibly complex area. And up until now, it's been thought that that wasn't um, something that they could go uh, and do. Uh, what they've done uh, quite you know, mischievously is to register their ships through a Cyprus flag uh, and therefore avoid and evade the uh, need to inform anybody about what they were doing, uh, as the boss of uh, PNO openly admitted to Parliament yesterday, the most extraordinary testimonial uh, to um, the select committees. Uh, what they did was know that they were breaking the law, and deliberately set out to break the law, but effectively pay people off for their silence. Um, we can't have a situation where uh, the minimum wage exists onshore, but as soon as you're offshore, and particularly where you're within uh, our economic zone, that's 12 miles with, within the uh, off, offshore of, of the UK, and that's the regular route you take, we can't have a situation where those people aren't covered by British laws on things like minimum wage and uh, overseas uh, cheap labour is exploited uh, on the, on those routes. Um, it's not right. It's not fair. Uh, in fairness to P&O, uh, uh, well, in fairness, I can't think of anything fair at all about what they've done. But what they have done is actually copied what Irish ferries had already done. 
Uh, and of course, there's then the danger that other operators, the Stena, as DFDS, might feel that they have to do the same. The package that I'm bringing forward will make it absolutely clear that would be unacceptable. They won't be able to operate from British ports if they do, uh, and will require a U-turn on what's happened uh, at P&O as well, and will enforce that with the law. Well, the Prime Minister says he agrees with the Transport Secretary that the P&O boss should immediately resign. We can also hear today from Shadow Foreign Secretary David Lammy, who has some questions for the government. I do agree with Grant Shapps. I mean, what has happened um, is an outrage uh, happening at an incredibly tough time uh, for people with rising inflation um, anyway. But I have to say, I also think that the government changing the law around fire and rehire was unacceptable in the first place. And I think it set up the circumstances in which uh, ordinary, hardworking people could be treated um, in this way. We will scrutinise the legislation that he says he's coming forward with, but frankly, it shouldn't have taken this in the first place. Labour's been campaigning for a very, very long time, and this came up during the pandemic when we had other major employers uh, sack people summarily um, and then rehire people uh, at significantly lower rates. We've been campaigning supported uh, by many of the unions on fire and rehire, uh, and we would absolutely outlaw that practice. That's been absolutely crystal clear now um, for many, many months indeed. Developments with this story, I'm sure, will continue over the weekend. You'll be able to see the very latest by heading to Kent Online. Kent Online News. Detectives have now formally charged Sarah Everard's killer with four counts of indecent exposure. The alleged offences took place in the Swanley area just weeks before Wayne Cousins from Deal kidnapped and murdered Sarah last March. The 49-year-old's due at Westminster Magistrate's Court next month. A Maidstone-based physio has been suspended after having an affair with a patient. A tribunal's heard how Kyle Blackburn sent the woman explicit pictures and she'd felt coerced into a relationship with him. The former police occupational physio who worked at Kent Sports Injury and Physiotherapy Clinic can't practice for the next six months. An update now on a story we brought you in yesterday's podcast and 10 people have now been charged and had £10 million worth of their assets from following a series of raids across Kent. Officers seized more than £400,000 in cash, over 40 designer watches, two cars and other goods on Wednesday. Eight suspects are accused of conspiracy to supply cocaine. The other two charges are related to fraud. Seven other people who were detained have been released on bail. A Canterbury nurse who's preparing to welcome two Ukrainian refugees to her home says the process of helping them reach the UK could be made simpler. The government, you may remember, set up a website earlier this month for anyone willing to offer accommodation to register their interest. Well, Heidi Whitaker has made her spare room available to a mum and her four-year-old daughter. They've been chatting online and she says it's been a lengthy process to organise their paperwork, but is hoping the language barrier won't be too much of a problem when they finally arrive. Heidi has been speaking to Jadzia from our colleagues at KMTV. It started on Facebook groups, so um, somebody made a group and it's now got I think 2,000 members in it. Um, You kind of list who you are briefly, some details and what space you're kind of offering and then um, people respond and you know they can kind of there are people helping to match um, and then there are refugees that put a bit about themselves on there as well and you can kind of say to them look 
I'm happy to help you, like, this is what I'm offering and would you like to come, basically. And so tell me a little bit about the, the two people that are going to be staying in your house. Uh, yeah, so I have a lady, she's 23, um, and her daughter who just turned four. We speak kind of all day, um, both on uh, Facebook and WhatsApp and we have been kind of FaceTiming. So I'll type into Google Translate my um, my kind of response and it will translate it into Ukrainian and then she does the same. So she types to me in English, it's kind of broken English and I speak to her in kind of broken Ukrainian and we just hope it makes sense and, and yeah, it kind of happens like that. Are you concerned at all about what's gonna happen when she comes here with, with the language barrier? No, I don't think I'm concerned. I think it's it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard work, and I'm I'm not you know too fussed about that. I'm there's a website um to learn basic lingo, so I'm gonna print out some kind of um labels and stuff, but make sure I've got Ukrainian and English. So um they're both keen to learn English, and when I FaceTime them, um the little girl was saying thank you, <laughs> thank you, and I was like oh well done, you know she's learned a little bit. But no, I'm not I'm not overly concerned. I mean we'll do the best we can with what we've got and you know hopefully it'll become a bit easier. And um, you, you mentioned slightly that the process of, of how you matched up with um, with this family and um, how easy is it? I don't think it's easy uh, I think it's time consuming um, I think you have to kind of put the effort in to find somebody and I think it can be quite overwhelming there's people on the groups that have said you know I'm really disheartened I can't find a suitable family um, I've been posting my stuff and I think you do have to take the time um, I just happened to reply when she put the post up and said hi do you still need help and then we kind of went from there but um, it is quite time consuming and again with the visa process I mean I'm quite okay with technology and computers and stuff so I managed to get it done but you can see why people struggle like with the length of the forms and there, there's kind of requirements where you have to upload so I uploaded passports um, a handwritten letter from both mum and dad to say that the little girl could fly but the dads you know had to go away to fight so I mean it's quite sometimes it can be a bit unrealistic what they're asking for especially if people have fled you know bombed cities asking for proof of mortgage and proof of kind of being a Ukrainian citizen before the first of I think it's December um, that you know it could be quite sort of a big ask if they don't have any of that documents with them so it can be difficult but um, I found it okay. When are you expecting them and what are your hopes for when they arrive? Difficult to say really so the um, the visa application process opened on Friday just gone um, I sent mine in on the Sunday so the people that have sent them in on Friday on the group they've said that they've received the visas so um, I'm hoping it'll be within the next couple of days. Um, we've had some really nice um, Ukrainian people in Canterbury offering to come and translate and to kind of um, be around for when they come so that'll be nice at least they, they can kind of understand everything that I'm kind of saying but yeah I think it'll be emotional at the airport you know we're both saying well just yeah you know I can't wait for you to get here and I just want to, you to be safe. You can also watch that report by heading to the Canterbury pages of Kent Online. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A suspected drink driver has been arrested after a car crashed into a Swanley library. The building's been badly damaged and will be closed for the rest of the week following the collision. The 23-year-old suspect remains in custody. A huge new medicinal cannabis plant facility is being 
built in Sittingbourne. GW Pharmaceuticals is investing £75 million into the 60,000-square-foot building at the Kent Science Park. It's set to create around 100 jobs, with the site expected to open in 2024. The owner of a waste removal company has been jailed after being caught repeatedly fly-tipping in Medway. Josh Allen dumped items, including a fridge, sofa, wood and plastics, on roads around Gillingham, Rochester, Chatham and Queenborough. The 30-year-old from Frittenden Road in Maidstone has been locked up for 20 weeks and ordered to pay £700 in compensation. Now, it's feared new homes built in Faversham could impact the stability of the ground and cause landslides. Developers are hoping to get the go-ahead for 154 properties on the outskirts of the town at Lady Dame Farm off Love Lane, but Network Rail has raised concerns about land around the railway tracks. The company behind the plans has been contacted for a comment. From today, you could be fined £200 for having your phone in your hand while driving. Laws are being strengthened to try and make the roads safer. It'll also apply to smartwatches, tablets and laptops, with anyone caught also facing up to six points on their licence. Young people in Kent due to finish school this summer are being encouraged to look at careers in the digital industry. The Kent Online podcast has been told that over half of 16 to 24-year-olds think a job in the sector is complicated, and young women in particular reckon that's the case. One Maidstone-based agency, Reflect Digital, has been showcasing jobs at Maidstone Grammar School for Girls to try and dispel some of those myths. Becky Sims is the company's founder. I think the reason the industry can feel complicated is is because actually it doesn't marry up clearly to some of the curriculum. So I think when you're at school, you're used to learning subjects and you and a lot of the kind of um, traditional jobs and careers are built into those subjects and you can see the pathway. And I think sometimes it feels complicated. I think the thing is, it's not. There's so many options and there's so many routes and it plays on so many of the talents and the skills and the things that students will have learned at school but it's helping them see what those roots are. And I guess that's why we exist and why we've created Aspiration Digital to help them navigate that and, uh, and create their pathway. The digital industry is always evolving. Um, things are changing. I guess the big thing at the moment, everyone's talking about the metaverse and Web3 and what that's going to look like. And, and you see things like this come along and disappear. And sometimes they come along and, and they don't disappear and they become the next big thing. And, and who knows? And I think that's what makes it so interesting that actually along the 15 plus years I've been in digital, I can, I can cite lots of changes and big things that have happened or things that have maybe felt like they were going to be bigger than they were. And I think that's just what makes it so interesting. You know that you're going into a into an industry where it's not going to stand still. Um, it's always going to be changing. So my number one top tip is to read up on the industry. There is so much because we're digital. Everything is is out there to be read and learnt about. There's lots of courses you can do online. There's free courses as well. Google's got their digital garage where you can learn loads of things. So I think there's tons of blogs as well. People are publishing content every single day talking about all of the pillars of digital. So you can learn so much on your own. So having that curiosity is key and then getting experience. Kent Online reports. Celeb chef Mark Sargent has revealed he's going to be opening a new restaurant in Folkestone. The former boss of Rock Salt, which is also in the town, is behind a new brasserie due to open in May. He announced back in October that he'd be stepping back from his other ventures following unresolvable differences with his business partner. A new art exhibition to reflect on the pandemic is going to be going on display at Rochester Cathedral. It features 
as 5,000 metal leaves that have all been engraved with the word hope. You'll be able to see it at the cathedral from Sunday, April the 24th. Medway's Dr Ranj has been shortlisted for an award for his children's book about dealing with puberty. How to Grow Up and Feel Amazing is a guide for boys and tackles things like mood swings, changing body shape and mental health. It's in the running for a British Book Award with the winners announced in May. Ellie Golding's become an ambassador for the wildlife charity WWF, saying she wants to speak up for our extraordinary planet. The former Uni of Kent student says she believes we have the power to fight climate change and the destruction of nature. And the Red Arrows will once again be taken to the skies over Kent this summer. The Royal Air Force aerobatic team will be a highlight of the Folkestone air display in August. Thousands gathered on the seafront to watch their display last year. Kent Online Sport. First up, football and Gillingham have travelled to Accrington Stanley as they look to climb further away from the League One relegation zone. They moved out of the bottom four thanks to a point against promotion chasing Sheffield Wednesday last weekend. Well, tomorrow's opposition are currently sitting mid-table. We've been catching up with their former player and current Jill's goalkeeper, Aaron Chapman. I think I've had um, quite a few clean sheets and it's a testament to the whole team because like on Saturday, I don't think I really had a save to make, which is credit to the boys, V and Charlie up, up, up the top of the pitch. They're doing their bit and when it gets to us at the back, we're at the minute we're doing our job as well. We're experienced players at the back there, even the players that are young, they've played games and it's just let us go and um, just go and express ourselves basically. It's never uh, it's never an easy place to go, they've, obviously they've got some big lads there, so yeah, it'd be nice to go back there, hopefully take all three from. Even in League 2 there was, uh, there was punching above the weight and to be fair, to credit to what the manager and the assistant do there with the recruitment, but it's about us, we do what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Which I'm confident we'll get a positive result. It's nice to gradually see us out of the relegation, but we've still got is it seven, eight massive games left. So we're not looking at the table. We just do what we've been doing so far, and we by the end of the season, the table doesn't lie. Kickoff tomorrow is at three. You will, as always, be able to follow the match action at Kent Online. We'll also have details of the result in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM, on Sunday morning. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Rajukanu is out of the Miami Open. The US Open champion from Bromley lost two sets to one against Katerina Siniakova, but fellow Brits Heather Watson and Andy Murray both got through to the next round. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook. Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe and watch it on the site today. You can read the latest review from our secret drinker who's been to a pub in Ashford. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.